Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB and today I have a very special guest all the way from Italy. Today we have Gregor Merrick, who's the CEO and founder of Parallel Office. Now what I really like in this particular interview is that he has some really strong knowledge so far as blockchain is concerned, so far as cryptocurrency is concerned and how that thing merges with the metaverse. He did focus about the importance of having an immersive experience in the metaverse. Now listen guys. I've attended quite a lot of events lately so far as Metaverse is concerned and I couldn't agree more with Gregor. It's so critical that the experience that you get in the Metaverse is at least 10 times better than the current experience and this immersive experience was echoed by Gregor throughout the entire episode. And what I really liked in this particular episode is he explained why Parallel Office will have a competitive advantage in the Metaverse industry. He explained what Parallel Office is, how is it that they help the business environment in the metaverse industry. So I definitely feel that you'll definitely be benefited by listening to this particular episode. And in this episode, he also shared some of the challenges that not only Parallel Office but what the entire metaverse industry are currently facing in terms of getting user adoption, the current experience in the metaverse and quite a lot more. So I do think there's loads of information that is packed in this particular episode. What I really like about this particular episode is that it caters to different types of listeners. So some of the information that he mentioned is catered to someone who's completely new or beginner in the metaverse industry. The information that he talked about Ethereum and Polygon is catered to someone who's currently working in the metaverse industry. And he also talked about some of the technical elements. So I do think that this particular episode is catered to three types of listeners in the metaverse that is a basic beginner level, advanced level and technical level as well. And Gregor did share some really crucial information in terms of what the Metaverse Standards Forum is doing and how Metaverse Standards Forum or MSF is helping the Metaverse industry. And towards the end of the episode, he did give some really sound advice to other businesses who are trying to get into Metaverse. And if you are an individual who is trying to get into Metaverse, he has given some really sound advice. Now towards the end of the episode, he also shared some really interesting information about the choice of music that he has and how that music helps in his day-to-day -day activity. So I definitely do think that you'll learn a lot from this particular episode. And listen guys, if you do have any feedback or suggestions regarding this episode, drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com. And if you do want to connect to Gregor, all of his details and parallel office details are mentioned in the show notes below. So go through the show notes below, you'll get all the information for parallel office. So check this out and let me know what you think. Firstly, thank you so very much, Gregor, for taking your time doing this podcast. Really appreciate you taking your time, considering the fact that, you know, we are at a different time difference. And I really appreciate, you know, you sharing your knowledge and information about yourself and Parallel Office and what you're trying to build in the metaverse. Now, before we start, I just wanted to just ask in terms of how has your day been so far? Uh, well, that's that's a very refreshing question. Thank you for that, George. Thank you for having me here. It's a honor to be on your podcast. Uh, my name is Gregor. I just want to introduce myself very quickly. I am the CEO of Parallel Office. Parallel Office is a metaverse company. We build VR offices for companies in the metaverse where they can collaborate, work with their colleagues, use their CV, and enjoy a truly immersive experience. Uh, that is why my day is going great. Why? Because I'm working on a technology that I'm really passionate about and I think is going to change the way that we work and the future of work. So every day is kind of great. And it's so glad to know that, you know, you're working on something that you're passionate about. Because in my experience, I've found very few people who get the opportunity to work something that they are really, really passionate about. So absolutely great to know that. Before we talk about how you are involved in Metaverse, and your journey in Metaverse. Gregor, can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself? Because I looked at your LinkedIn profile and I do think you have a phenomenal work experience. You worked with KPMG, you worked with Ernst & Youngs, and I think our listeners would be very keen to know about your work experience and how you got involved in the whole Metaverse, cryptocurrency, and blockchain journey. Thank you for that question. I've been working in digital transformation for the past over a decade. Uh, most of this time has been spent as a consultant, helping companies, helping Fortune 500 companies with strategic missions such as transforming their operations, their supply chain, 
that invoice processes or utilizing innovative technologies such as robotic process automation, artificial intelligence, and in the least last period, utilizing also a little bit of blockchain. Businesses are a little bit afraid of blockchain, so they are exploring it at a very slow pace. Uh, that is mainly one of the main reasons that I got out of consulting because I was a little bit, uh, I wanted to move even faster than kind of a consulting company. I want to, to look into the technologies that I thought that can really change the way that we work or change the way that we do and have a meaningful impact. Working as a consultant, that was, uh, I had this opportunity, but at a very, uh, at a slower pace. Working by myself, starting a startup, uh, working with other startups, that's where you can really make a difference and you can accelerate and go at the speed that you decide of going. That is absolutely brilliant. And I think our listeners should follow you on LinkedIn because I think some of your posts are kind of funny, but at the same time, very informational as well. Because I do remember one of the posts that you mentioned was about the graphic image in terms of, you know, I think it was Amazon or it was Walmart. So, you know, definitely really informational posts that you tend to post on LinkedIn. Just kind of a, as a side note from that, uh, I also have a YouTube channel. I have a few YouTube channels. I don't want to do much commercials about it, but the reason why I'm, I'm telling you is that I have this RPA channel that, that talks about automation and how you can have this great, basically how you can learn this great superpower of being able to automate your tasks. Imagine you need to send a thousand emails or a hundred emails from an Excel file and you need to write the name of the person inside of each email, or maybe you'll have to download uh, invoices from all of the demands and all of the days. And it's just manual and repeating process. So in my YouTube channel, I try to show you how you can use technology to automate and free up this time. And I do it not in a kind of in a teaching way, but more in an informal way. So for example, like, uh, why didn't Elon Musk buy Twitter because of the bots that we're going to show that I'm going to show you how to build in today's video. That's just kind of an example. Uh, trying, trying, not maybe doing the best job, but trying to make it entertaining and open for all kinds of audiences, not just the ones that are interested in building robots. That is absolutely excellent. So what I'll do is, you know, the YouTube channel, I'll definitely mention in the show notes and I'm sure listeners will definitely learn quite a lot from it as well. So what I'll do is, you know, in the show notes, I'll definitely go ahead and mention about your YouTube channel and quite a lot of other things. So the big question, Greg, of what I wanted to ask is, what is Parallel Office and how is it helping the metaverse industry? That is, I'm super excited about Parallel Office. Parallel Office is a, uh, is a international startup. We have offices around the world and we are building a decentralized metaverse. What does that, that that sounds a little bit confusing, so let me just break it down because there's different layers to it. If we look at the metaverse right now, 90% of metaverse companies are 2D video games that call themselves the metaverse, but all they are is just a video game from the early 2000s with the graphics that look like from the early 2000s rebranded as a metaverse for events, for business, for offices, or so forth. But it is not, in my opinion, it is not providing the users the improvement that the metaverse should be bringing. The metaverse should be an improvement of your screen that you're currently using, of the computer that you're using, of the cell phone, of the TV. Why? Because it's replacing those devices. It's showing you those same similar kind of information, but in just a much more immersive and memorable way. So... Uh, and in parallel office, what we are trying to do is we're trying to create the most immersive experience for the work environment. So forget going to the office, forget renting an office, forget paying bills in the office, forget about Zoom fatigue or maybe the lack of interaction that can be generated in meetings just like we're having right now, me and you. Uh, it is all about immersion, about being more productive, about being more immersed in your work. So at Parallel Office, we try to really recreate your uh, your virtual office as it is or how you would imagine it to be uh, with real-life avatars with truly Im immersive features. There is other companies in, that are out there that are doing something similar, such as, for example, Horizon Workrooms or Glue. However, they all focus on the cartoonish side of the of the uh, of the uh, of your avatar and of the environment uh, 
we believe that yes, uh, people like cartoons and don't want to always be seen as they are. But in a business context, we feel that uh, realism and immersion is very important to convey your presentation, to convey your messages, to convey your sales pitch, and also to network with your colleagues in a as professional manner as possible. Because if we start having wings and, uh, I don't know, guns or, or kind of any kind of gadget that we can add on an avatar, it becomes a little bit, uh, it, it takes away from the aspect of work and the kind of this, this, this settings that we have. I totally agree. And when you talk about uh, Horizon World, I think you're referring to the Facebook or Metas. Horizon World, because they recently had a partnership with Microsoft. Yes. So I think what they want to do is they want to have 360 applications for business environment, right? Yes. So now, basically, if you have a Zoom, if you make a Zoom call or a Microsoft team meeting, and you also have a Horizon Workroom, let me just, uh, for the listeners, Horizon Workrooms is a metaverse from Facebook for business. So basically, you would buy an Oculus Quest. You would connect it to your computer or to your Facebook account, and you can use your computer, do meetings, have breakout sessions, and basically just work the whole day with the Oculus Quest on your head. You can bring your keyboard inside so you can see where you're typing. You have your mouse. It's, it's pretty much like your what we are building, but more cartoonish, and, uh, and it's like your office. So they partnered with to improve the adoption of these technologies because recently there has been some... Uh, some uh, uh, critiques about Facebook Metaverse saying that it only has 500,000 uh, 500, users after they synced uh, $15 billion into building it. That's, that, that, that's fair. Maybe we can talk about that uh, later. But Facebook Metaverse is, um, is, it, 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 it is in its earliest stages. Facebook has to build a solution that is for billions of people. And... Uh, and not just kind of a prototype or something small. Therefore, uh, I think all of this skepticism and all of these critiques right now are fine. Uh, but I, I think that all of these are sunk costs and they're in for the long, for the long run because it's technology that we are seeing a lot of, we're seeing a lot of, uh, hesitation from users to adopt, to try, to think that, uh, it might be possible. But once they try it, nobody goes back. And one thing which you mentioned, you know, when you're talking about parallel office, you did also mention that, you know, you're trying to build a decentralized metaverse as opposed to, let's say, Facebook or Meta's extremely centralized metaverse. That's a very important point. I didn't want to put too much meat on the fire because it's two completely uh, different technologies. Uh, VR and yep. metaverse is completely separate than blockchain. And when you put these two things together, you just confuse people even more because you have blockchain, you have metaverse, VR. There's just so many roadblocks to user adoption with this technology that it's uh, yeah, it's very hard for users to start using it and truly understand the value that it can bring to their business and their life. But what we are doing in parallel office is a go-to-market that is focused on first building a SaaS, uh, SaaS solutions for our clients. So we build virtual offices for our clients. And after that, uh, or at the same time, we are working on a decentralized metaverse. So with the know-how that we have created while building the office that we have built, we are putting all of that know-how into a metaverse city where users will be able to access it in a decentralized way. We really believe that the Web3 is going to be the future of uh, of the Internet. It might still be controlled by the current giants that are just rebranded as Web3, but we believe that decentralization and the Web3 are fundamental blocks of the technologies that are to come. So building it early, starting to build early, it's, uh, and as a pioneer, we'll definitely be able to capitalize on it later on. Absolutely. And uh, there are a few areas, you know, where I think Web3 merges with Metaverse. So one question what I wanted to ask, when, let's say, a business or an entity logs in to parallel office, do they log in with their email address or does it work on a private key and public key? Because I think that's an area where Web3 actually merges with Metaverse. How does that thing work? Yes. So the difference between Web3 and Web2 is that uh, all of your data is stored on the blockchain. So in Web3, all of the data is on the blockchain. In Web2, all of the data is centralized. Right now, our uh, customers, they log in with their username and password and they use their office. 
what we are developing is you're going to be able to use your Ethereum wallet. We're building it on a Polygon, on the Polygon network. And just like previously, you're not going to see pretty much almost any difference except that you are using a, uh, you're using your wallet. And also that there is a economy inside of the inside of parallel office that has been created using our token. Therefore, to sustain the transactions, to sustain the marketplace, to sustain the sale of NFTs, to sustain the uh, the renting the renting fees, we are building also our token. Well, we already built it. We haven't publicly launched it yet, but it's in it's in a private sale right now. Perfect. And that is just go- moving on to my next question because I did go through your website last week. And I was wondering, you know, if you, if you could share some basic level information about the white paper, because I do think that the listeners from the metaverse and cryptocurrency space would be quite keen to know about the white paper, because I have researched quite a lot of metaverse projects. And to be honest, yours is the only project that did have a white paper, and it was merging very well with, let's say, Ethereum and Polygon, and that is something which you mentioned it earlier as well. And so can yeah. you share some light information on the white paper that has been written? Thank you for that. Thank you for that uh, comment. Also, because we really appreciate that you that you took a look at our white paper. Our white paper is a uh, detailed chronicle of what uh, the decentralized version of Parallel Office is. It explains in detail the benefits, the advantages, the rewards for the early for the early adopters, and it goes into the details of the tokenomics. It talks about the supply of the token, what is going to be the, the supply, the rate at which is going to be burnt the distribution and the vesting schedule for the for the for the token so it's uh, it really drills down into all of the detail everything that somebody might be required or want to know before getting into the project but it was also something that we needed to write and write a couple of times in order to be sure of what we are doing or at least have more of a clear more of a clear idea in in uh, in, in what we're doing and our listeners should definitely check out the white paper because it does give a very clear roadmap as well in terms of, you know, which stage the current project yes. is and what the progress would be over time. So definitely brilliant stuff. And the next question, you know, Gregor, that I wanted to ask is, you have built Parallel Office on Ethereum. So what was the decision making to build it, let's say, on Ethereum versus other blockchain protocol, let's say, like Solana or Flow or any other blockchain protocol? That's a great question. Actually, I'm releasing a course on Udemy about how to choose your blockchain for your next blockchain project. That, 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 that fits really well, but it was also a decision based on requirements. So uh, every time you're picking, but this is not just for us, this is for anybody that is listening. If you're picking or choosing a blockchain for your project, you need to take in, into consideration basically two main considerations, speed and cost. So is your project going to require to have many different operations or many different interactions with the blockchain, such as a video game, a metaverse, or is it just going to be some NFTs that somebody is just going to maybe buy, sell, and trade, which is very little interaction. So based on on this is one factor, and based on the other factor is how fast do you need your blockchain to be, meaning do you need, do you need it? actually to compute 10,000 transactions per one to two seconds? Do you need it? Is it okay if it lags and waits a little bit? So these are also going to be uh, considerations that are going to impact on your on your development and on the structure of your app. Then you have other considerations such as are you looking what kind of uh, um, census mechanism are you looking in your blockchain? Are you more interested in a proof of work, in a staking blockchain, in a mix of the two, in some new versions of the improved of the staking? What is it that you are interested in and why is it that you want this kind of census mechanism for your blockchain? And finally, one last consideration is uh, do you want a blockchain to be environmentally friendly or you don't really care about that? It's It's kind of getting to be a big thing right now because even though uh, some blockchains they don't consume that much power it just gives the regulators a reason to kind of go after them and 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 talk bad about them and try to shut them down so uh there is there's a few considerations the reason why we chose polygon because it also has a lot of tools that are already ready out of the box a lot of material for developers 
what we are doing and what we are building, there is no tutorials for it. There is no training. You can't go onto YouTube and search how to build the metaverse on and how to. So uh, we are basically creating our own tutorials and our own know-how. And Polygon was a network. We partnered with Polygon and Polygon Studios. And they really showed great support in providing us with know-how, with documentation, with time from their developers. And that's not something that every blockchain has. We're also in the grant process and receiving, uh, receiving a grant from them. So those are also important considerations that made us choose Polygon over, over other blockchains. It's really great that, you know, you've covered the ESG concern. And what I really like what you said is, you know, from a business point of view, you've also tackled or kind of in the process of tackling the whole blockchain trilemma problem that you've incorporated Polygon that does tackle scalability, it tackles decentralization and security as well. And I'm not sure if you've seen the news earlier today. Polygon has also had a massive breaking news about ZK rollups. So that is a massive breaking news. And surprisingly, this should be the main news in the cryptocurrency industry. So that tackles uh, the security aspect as well. So people who are concerned about, you know, privacy, I think Polygon does tackle that as well. So from a business point of view, from a blockchain point of view, I definitely think of choosing Ethereum with Polygon is definitely, definitely fantastic. Next question, Gregor, what I wanted to ask is, you know, from a metaverse point of view, what were some of the challenges that you were facing and are currently facing from a business and from a technology point of view? Another great question. So uh, from a business perspective, we are, we are facing the challenge of uh, user resistance and user adoption. Users are not, not so keen on new technologies, just like I've always. I mean, I'm already using this. Uh, why should, why do I have to change? It's basically like looking back in time and seeing people talk with the dial-in telephone and be like, well, you know, this works. Why should I be carrying around a brick in my pocket so that I can talk from the, and today we are all carrying cell phone devices. Uh, the, uh, this augmentation of, uh, of, uh, of the things that we see through the metaverse or through augmented reality or through XR or whatever technology is going to take place in the next evolution of kind of screens. It has to, it has to happen. The, uh, the users that are adopting it, as I was saying previously, the users that pioneered it and that are curious, those are going to be the ones that are going to unlock the full value and early gain a competitive advantage compared to their competitors. Why? Because they already know how to use the technology. They, already been there they know what kind of benefits they can get what kind of drawbacks it has and so forth and so forth uh, so right now the biggest challenge that we have is finding the right words to communicate the importance of this to business users and from a technical aspect the uh, main challenge is the lack of know-how in this space and also the uh, the over uh, I would say the over presence of experts that claim to be web 3.0 experts or metaverse experts with two, three, four, five, six, seven months of experience. Uh, that's perfectly fine if you're not a metaverse expert and if you're not a web 3.0 expert. Uh, I think people should just kind of say, yeah, I have three months of experience this month. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. Why? Because, uh, these technologies, they don't exist for a long time. So it's very hard for somebody to have built all of these skills in such a, such a short amount of time. The main issue regarding the technology is not that there is a lack of technology, that we have a lack of VR hardware, that we have a lack of, uh, software, that we have a lack of something in the infrastructure level. There is, there are difficulties and hurdles and we, we kind of every day we find, we find a new challenge, but the main, the main issues are, are the ones that, that uh, I mentioned with technology is the lack of know-how in this in this field. I 100% agree. And in Dubai last week, there was a massive event called as Jitex. Yes. And, uh, in that, there was one section dedicated only to metaverse. And something which you mentioned at the start of the podcast that just having 2D and 3D is not metaverse. And surprisingly, a lot of the projects. They had no clue what metaverse is. And I was speaking to one of the startups and I was discussing the numbers of Decentraland and they had no idea what Decentraland was. So, you know, you're touching yeah. quite a lot of user yeah. information here. 
I completely, I completely agree. There's, uh, it, it's being, uh, it's also being hyped a little bit. The metaverse term, mainly also because Meta started this whole thing, and one of the biggest companies in the world decides to rename their rename their company from Facebook to Meta. That never has happened. I mean, imagine Coca-Cola rebranding mm-hmm. to Meta Cola. I mean, it would be, it would be like something huge. Uh, so. Yeah, people take, picked up on it. Wanted to wanted to kind of get into this new opportunity. Think that it's cool, which is it, it is cool it, it, at the stage that we are. It is cool, but not for all people. It has still many roadblocks. We still have to wear these devices. They are getting cheaper, and they are also pretty cheap right now. But uh, still, it's not still a technology for everybody yet. Absolutely, totally agree. And one question: What I wanted to ask is. How is parallel office, let's say, different from your competitors? What is the competitive edge that you have over your competitors at this part of time? That's uh, I alluded to it throughout the uh, throughout our talk. Uh, what we do different than any other metaverse company is we focus on the immersive effect. Therefore, simulating face reactions on the person that you are looking at, adding immersive immersive sound adding a facial expression based on the tone of voice and things that you are saying mm-hmm. uh, eye tracking uh, hand tracking all of this uh, and also all of this coupled with uh, extremely uh, extremely strong and extremely difficult to make VR uh, VR models and VR environments so with all of this uh, combination of things together it makes for a truly immersive business experience that doesn't exist anywhere else with any other technology. Uh, we go a step further and we are trying to make our technology decentralized. We know it's very hard to break into this, into this uh, space and create something that has never been created before. That's why we are approaching it a little bit more cautiously. And we're not starting immediately with a decentralized version. Why? Because the decentralized version, as I said previously, would have too many roadblocks. You need a VR, you need to go to visit a virtual office, and then you need a wallet, and you need a cryptocurrency, and you have a token. It's just too much for you to 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 be able to absorb. Uh, we see that if we if we want to rebuild the wall of kind of working from the office. We can't just smash the whole wall, have all of the bricks fall on the ground. We have to take one brick at a time. And, and that's what we're trying to do in parallels. So am I right in saying that, you know, you're probably starting in a centralization model and gradually move towards a decentralized or distributed model. Am I right in saying yeah, that? Or absolutely. Got wrong? absolutely. That is, that is, you've said it perfectly clearly. The reason also is because we want to perfect our product, we want to perfect our sales cycle, we want to sell our technology to a couple of clients and see that, all right, this is working, it's good, all right, we can find more clients. Well, if all of this lines up and checks up, we have a business case to create a decentralized version of what we are of what we are doing. Creating a decentralized version of what we are doing would have could have risk to be an, a useless effort. Why? Because it would go about creating all of this infrastructure and network and it's very complex with VR and blockchain and so forth and then nobody's using it. Absolutely correct and one of the problems I think with the metaverse is user adoption yes, and this is something exactly. Exactly. You know, which, uh, yeah, yeah. if you looked at you know the report with Decentraland as well there was a bit of debate in terms of you know how many active users that you have. 44 so active think... users or something like that I, I think at one point in time somebody made the report and it was like the double digits number of users for a metaverse platform that costed a few billion. So it's, yeah. it, but it is, it is also, uh, it is also true that, that it's very limiting the metaverse right now, especially this open metaverse is like the central ones, meaning that they serve kind of no purpose, meaning they haven't been really built for something except like you go there and you wander around and maybe you do quests and, Maybe you join an event and you wander more around and it's just kind of about wandering around. So you log in once, you see, oh, that's pretty cool. You maybe log in another time, but then there is no reason for you to go back. You're not going there to work. You're not going there to watch a movie. You're not going there for a specific reason to chat with a friend, to play ping pong, to do whatever other things that you do in a VR environment. So, I mean, it's not surprising that user adoption is, is, is bad. I consider the centralized to be an amazing experiment, 
a decentralized metaverse with a governance system, with a DAO where you can vote with your mana, you can vote on the different projects that they have. But the quality of the graphics, the immersion and the business cases are just not are, are just not there. But it, it was absolutely essential to create the basis for everybody else to develop upon. I totally agree. And when you talked about, you know, Decentraland, one of its competitors, that is Sandbox, I tried to look at their daily active users. That was only 13. But, you know, they have refuted the claims in terms of, you know, they are looking at the volumes of people buying and trading NFTs. So there's a lot of drama still going on so far as, you know, the decentralized and distributed metaverse is concerned. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's great, even the sandbox. I mean, it's a great example. But again, it looks really bad in terms of graphics. Why would anybody that is not maybe a child who, who not even children anymore, but it, the quality is just not there. And there is also no value that you get from using those platforms. In the end, it has to be about value. You have to get something out of going into the metaverse. Otherwise, it's just a one-time thing. This is where I think, you know, parallel office may have a competitive advantage because what you're trying to build is an immersive experience. But I think that, you know, when you talk about metaverse, the experience from the real world or from the existing systems needs to be at least 10x better. Otherwise, you know, people will always going back to you. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely right. You said it perfectly well. It has to be better, if not 10 times better, to have a significant reason why somebody should use it and not be like, eh, you know what, I'll just use a, a video call, whatever. It's just it's just too much hassle to put the thing on or, or whatever to to go into, in, into the metaverse world. So it has to be 10 times better. And the way that it can be 10 times better, if uh, in, in our opinion, if you're fully immersed in an interactive space where where you completely kind of forget where you are. And when you take off your device and you see where you are, no matter where you are, you're like, oh, all right, let me go back, actually go back and, and kind of spend a little bit a little bit more time. Yeah. Absolutely agree. And what I wanted to ask next is, Gregor, from a business point of view, what are your business ambitions? And where do you see Parallel Office, let's say five years to 10 years from now? So right now we focused a lot in the European the European market. We are doing right now a uh, a fundraise in the United States, and and uh, we've set up also an, a sales office in the United States. We're looking at user adoption and looking at our competitors and other com- companies in the market. Uh, for us, it makes sense, especially in a decentralized way, if we want to continue pursuing the aspect of decentralized to move to the Asian market the uh, the asian market is much more open to web3 technologies uh, europe and the united states are right now in the period of cracking down on pretty much anything that says web3 on it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's web3 and uh, and it's going to be and it's going to be either fined or shut down or uh, weirdly weirdly accused of 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 different things but that, that, that's another topic so so right now we are uh, we are focused on selling our SaaS solutions primarily in the United States and in in uh, in uh, Europe mainly because our investors and our network is there. But we are strongly looking into opening an office in Singapore and Dubai to be closer to the Web three community, especially because uh, to transform the, we 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 want to transform it into a proper into a proper project. To do that, we are going to need resources. We're going to need also other teams and other companies that will help us in making it uh, into reality. Absolutely. Yeah. Dubai has this vision. So far as Web3 is concerned, it wants to be the number one city in the world so far as Web3 is concerned. And in Metaverse, it wants to be the top 10 city so far as Metaverse is concerned. And I'm not sure if you heard that Dubai is also planning to change gross domestic product to gross metaverse product. So that is something which is probably for the first city in the world. It is a bit too ambitious, but if any city is planning to do that, I do think you know Dubai has the potential to do that. I've been in a on a conference uh, a month ago in Dubai, Meta Week, where I had the chance of uh, being part of the panel, and the amount of people that are involved in uh, in the metaverse and Web 3.0 is like nowhere else that I've seen. Uh, just the concentration of companies and people and interest and 
government support and everything seems set for set set up so that it supports the development of these companies. It provides them with help, provides them with network, it provides them with regulators come and help you and, and tell you how you should work. And it's it's just a really great environment for startups. Other countries they tend to tax you, they tend to uh, shut you down, they tend to send you season this uh, kind of uh, yeah they they, they 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 it's different let's say it's very different and it can be a battle to try to create a web clip on a company that is if you're in the wrong environment absolutely totally agree and i do have a podcast you know monday to thursday is talking just about cryptocurrencies and i often take the example of india india always has a love-hate relationship so far as cryptocurrencies is concerned and they're having a hefty tax of 30 percent so a lot of the startups from India have also moved to Dubai. And uh, the next question, Gregor, what I wanted to ask is, on your website, I also saw that you offer free metaverse consultation, which I think is brilliant. So can you tell our listeners, especially businesses who want to get into metaverse and who do want to tie up or merge with Parallel Office, what is it that they can expect at the free consultation that you offer? So we help you... We want to help you understand, uh, gain a grasp of how the metaverse can add value for your business. And we can do this in a simple 30-40 minutes conversation where we talk about your business and what the benefits could be for your business for working in the metaverse. We try to meet uh, directly in the metaverse. So once, uh, once uh, people organize a meeting, we meet them with our avatar inside, inside the metaverse. So they connect as, as you are seeing me, but you see me mm-hmm. as a avatar inside of my virtual office, moving around, moving my hands, writing on a board, and doing and doing different things. Uh, during this time, we try to we try to offer a free consultation and have clients understand what it will feel like working in the metaverse. What kind of different use cases can they have for the metaverse? It's not just about working in the metaverse. Maybe they can organize a sales demo or a sales pitch in the metaverse. Maybe they can organize a training for certain things for their own employees and staff. Maybe they can organize onboarding. So during this call, we try to figure out what makes the most sense for a certain company to get their peak wet inside of the metaverse, uh, inside of the metaverse uh, domain or realm. And this is where I do believe that, you know, your work experience with KPMG and Ernst & Young the part of you know getting a lot of information and what the customer needs definitely kicks in. So I think our listeners, you know, especially businesses who are trying to get into the metaverse, should definitely contact you. Thank you so much, Gregor, mm-hmm. so far as information regarding parallel office is concerned. The next few questions what I wanted to ask is about the Metaverse Standards Forum. Now, we also got introduced via the Metaverse Standards Forum. So I wanted to find out more information in terms of how did you get introduced to Metaverse Standards Forum? And how have you been benefited by Metaverse Standards Forum and vice versa? How have they been benefited by Parallel Office? Yes, this is this is a very interesting question because when we started this journey, we were a little bit a, a little bit lost. Why? Because there is no standards, there is no rules. It's everybody is writing their own standards. There is no uh, no also rules on on many different things when you are when you are building. So right now, if you're building a web page and you're going to be using different technologies, all of these technologies, they're going to be governed by certain standards. These standards, they guarantee for security, they guarantee for cross-compatibility, they guarantee for uh, privacy and security, and so on and so on. There is nothing of that in the metaverse. It's basically right now is the wild, wild west of development. You 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 take the you pick the tool that you like the most, Unity, uh, uh, Unity, Unreal Engine, which whichever one you fancy the most, and you start building your things uh, without consideration for is this asset going to work if I maybe move it to another universe? How about uh, if I if I create I don't know a hat for my metaverse? Can I take this hat into another metaverse from somebody else? So this is kind of one of the one of the big things in in the metaverse space. Why? Because there's not going to be one metaverse. Probably there is going to be many different metaverses, many for different purposes, and also many for the same purpose, but just with different versions. Versions: one for business, one for gaming, one for racing, one for education, one for learning, and so on and so on. So why shouldn't I be able to go with my avatar from one to the next to the next to the next to the next to the next? 
how is my or how am I going to be protected from one metaverse taking my information or reselling it, another metaverse maybe turning on all of the cameras on my device and just recording everything that it sees. Uh, how can I how can I stay protected? What are what are some of the uh, maybe ground rules that I should follow when developing the metaverse? How should buildings like how should people flow so all of this information that i've just been mentioned right now before the metaverse standards forum were all decided internally within the project so it is based on the best guess of the developers and the leadership of that project to decide what kind of uh, what kind of rules regulations privacy and so forth and also what kind of impacts different things that you show people can have because this is a very immersive it's a much more immersive experience than 2d therefore uh, different things that you see inside of the metaverse can impact you differently and the metaverse standards form serves exactly this purpose it's a community of uh, breakthrough technologies uh, breakthrough companies and also some uh, some really big names in the industry that meet on a regular basis and discuss different topics. So we have different topics for discussions, including security, privacy, interchangeability of different assets, uh, and so forth. So the way that the forum is set up, it has different groups, everybody that is interested in certain groups or our developers, they're following, for example, the interchangeability of different assets. So how are we going to build rooms, assets, light, uh, all of these different things so that we can package them in such a way in which file format is this the right file format is this the right file format and and so forth and they are working on defining these standards some standards have already been defined others is a conversation that is ongoing but it's happening right now with the metaverse standards form so that's where the that's where the future of the metaverse is going to be regulated and defined with those but they're not doing it as kind of just them They've collected all of these companies in the space that are building these kind of projects and they put them together. They try to organize us together to have meetings. Each one of us is responsible for different topics, one topic or another topic. And we all tend to uh, follow that topic or related topics and discuss and draw conclusions from, from the different meetings that we have. It's all very, it's all very well organized, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's the only maybe comment that I might have is that it should move faster. Why? Because uh, the technology is moving fast. All of these companies are moving fast. But I understand that once you have so many people that are involved in defining standards and rules, this is not something that should move really fast. It should be should be checked a couple of times before being able to make to make decisions. But otherwise, I think it's a it's a great organization, and thank God that we have that we have the Metal Standards Forum. To, to give us direction in which way we should build the metaverse. I totally agree. And I think businesses and startups, especially in Dubai and other parts of the world, definitely need to revisit this part of the section. And they definitely need to be part of the metaverse standards forum because the membership is free as well. And I only see benefits, you know, it's a learning experience. And as an industry, we definitely move forward. Now, one question which I wanted to ask is, from your point of view, what is the recommendation that you have for fellow business partners or someone who's just getting into the metaverse? Uh, that's a good. That's a good question, especially because uh, it depends on what kind of how you're getting into the metaverse. Are you getting into the metaverse to work from the metaverse for personal reasons, or because you wanna make money in the metaverse? So it really it really depends. If you're trying to make money in the metaverse, there's different ways that you can go about doing it. You can become a creator. You can create, set up your own kind of metaverse shop and create virtual experiences for uh, for other people. You can create content. There is a huge lack of content right now around the metaverse. Uh, the only content that is there is more or less the same content. What is the metaverse? Marketing in the metaverse, and that's pretty much. And that's pretty much it. Something about NFTs, but there is really nobody that's going more into detail about all the different things that the Met metaverse has to offer. So, uh, so I think that's that's one aspect. If you are trying to get into the metaverse as a business, it's important to have a partner, somebody that has gone through the learning experience before and can help you speed up your adoption. 
So that's for somebody that is trying to get into the metaverse and for somebody that is trying to build the metaverse, I think the best advice I could have is to be in a place that is metaverse friendly, such as like you mentioned it, like Dubai or Singapore or a, another place that I'm not aware of where you have a whole ecosystem that is built on helping you build your product. 100% agree on that. And one question which I tend to ask, uh, you know, most of the people who are trying to build on the metaverse, Greg, do you think the metaverse industry, maybe a couple of decades from now, will be bigger than the real world economy? What are your thoughts on that? That's a scare, but that's an interesting uh, thought. I was going to say scary, but not really scary. I mean, if we look at uh, kind of how technology has evolved and how right now we're all paddling to compute into the computer or onto our monitor, and previously we we're all paddling to the TV. And before that, it's always something that 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 takes uh, that distracts us or maybe helps us improve communication or uh, just relations with other people. Uh, I definitely think that the metaverse is going to be a fundamental part of everybody's day but not in the 20, 30 years to come, but probably in less than a decade. Why? Because technology is getting adopted much faster than previously. Previously, to adopt the cell phone, it took like 10 years or five years, or it took a really long time. But And technologies before that also took a really long time. But as we are moving forward, we are having a, we are made so that we can adopt technologies faster and faster and faster. Why? With all the things that are changing constantly, with all of the new technology that is coming up, we are getting trained to be able to adapt and to accept new things faster. Therefore, I think that the new generation, it, just like the current YNX generation that have been born with Google, they give it for granted and they give for granted all of these amazing technologies that maybe I didn't have when I was growing up. The same way my children are going to give for granted the metaverse, in my opinion, meaning that once they're 18 or 15 or 16 or 17, uh, they're going to consider metaverse as just kind of like TV, something that is that's every day, every day, and where they that they use on an everyday basis to game, to meet with their friends, and so on and so on. And before we move to the final few questions, what I wanted to ask is, do you have anything else that you'd like to share about parallel office and regarding metaverse? Do you have any coming events that you'll be attending or any other channels? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We have a few events in our office that are coming up that are localized to Europe, uh, especially in Italy. Uh, most of the information is available on our website, but we are also right now, we are, uh, we're helping companies adopt by providing hardware gear as well. So we have realized that our uh, the clients are having a hard time figuring out which hardware gear, at what price, for which company, how to set it up, and so forth. So to help with the onboarding of uh, of these companies, we've included in our package and in what we offer, we included the uh, renting fees for different uh, VR devices. We think this is great because it allows companies to enter into this space at a very reduce cost instead of purchasing VR devices and spending quite a lot of money on something that you're not sure you're going to use, you would take a subscription fee that is very, very, very small and that can actually allow you to operate and for a much longer period of time. But also it gives you the flexibility to say after one month, you know what, this is fun, this is great, I did some ping pong, I did some fishing but it's not right for my business. So here you go, here's your here's your VR headset and all of your stuff we don't really need. So we started doing this right now and uh, it's going great. Uh, it's, I think it was what was maybe missing in the adoption, in the adoption of the metaverse. So all of the companies right now, they are just providing you, that are in the metaverse space, they're all providing you just with the metaverse experience, but they forget to include hardware in, in, in there, meaning that, all right, you, you have a great metaverse experience, but how am I going to use it? Well, should I buy the Pico? Should I buy the Quest, the Quest 2, the Pro? What, the, what kind of device? Maybe then you buy one device and you're not sure, is it going to work? How well is it going to? Maybe if I bought the other device, well, you kind of forget about all of that. With us, you get one, one kind of package and at very, very, very uh, good, good price as well. Yeah, I think it's moves such as this and strategic decisions such as this definitely help businesses 
to go ahead and take the leap forward. So I definitely think you know that is a brilliant move. Now I just have two questions, and the next question has nothing to do with metaverse, nothing to do with blockchain or cryptocurrencies, and this is to do with what genre of music does Greg like? Uh, that's uh, okay. All right, Greg likes TikTok mashup songs from 2022. <laughs> oh, okay, that is the TikTok version. It's basically the TikTok versions, the short versions of different songs that are all mashed up into like a one-hour album. It's the may some might consider the most horrible kind of noise that you might uh, that you might uh, that you might uh, listen to. Uh, I might agree, but I uh, what I when I listen to music, I tend to focus on other things, and I like to be uh, pumped up once doing things because usually when I'm listening to music, I'm either coding or doing something that that involves a lot of focus. So when I hear this music, I can uh, actually kind of disconnect. And feel pumped up and energetic about the task that I'm that I'm doing. That is absolutely brilliant. And you know, music works absolutely fantastic for different people. It's definitely great to know that you know you're merging it with work as well. And the final question: How can listeners get in touch with you or with Parallel Office? What are the modes of channel or the preferred mode of channel? So uh, for Parallel Office, we have a uh, amazing uh, Linktree account where uh, you would visit, uh, well, obviously you can find all the information from parallelofficeio but you can also visit our link tree and I'll, I'll share, the, share the link with you where you can find a lot of information about Parallel Office, such as video presentations, the team, pitch, uh, pitch deck, some of our projections, different projects that we worked on, use cases, and, uh, and so forth, all of, our social, all of our social platforms, all in one, all in one place. Uh, the best way of getting in touch with, with us in Parallel Office is through the contact form by sending us an email. We regularly monitor those and uh, we answer right away when somebody, when somebody signs up or sends us a contact information. While for me, the best way to reach out for me is also on my link tree or for my LinkedIn account where I also check and monitor regularly and where I'm pretty active as you can see from my posts. That's absolutely brilliant. So what I'll do is in the show notes below, I'll mention all of your details. I'll mention your LinkedIn profile. I'll mention the website. Thank you so very much, you know, Gregor, for doing this. Really appreciate, you know, you're doing this, considering the fact that, you know, this is Tuesday and it is a rather busy working day. So really, really appreciate, you know, you taking the time for doing this session. Thank you so very much for that. Thank you, George. And thank you for everybody that has been listening to us. It's been a pleasure to talk about uh, parallel office and myself for the past uh, hour almost so thank you also for taking the time and everybody for listening and i hope to hear many questions and a lot of interest about the metaverse if anybody is interested i'm open to answering any questions i would love that absolutely brilliant thank you so very much for that